Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call, presented by the Gamers Inn. This is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not bad. Been mm-hmm. an interesting week, that's for sure. Uh, you you can't see it, but I'm wearing bunny ears right now, and you'll just have to take my word for it, and I think I've been a pretty trustworthy guy, right? Okay. Are, are you going to sell me the Golden Gate Bridge, too, on that one? <laughs> uh, sure. Here's the Golden Gate Bridge. I've never heard that that saying before. Is that a... Oh, that a... it's... Um, it kind of... I know it more from a song than anything, but, like, if you'll buy that, I, I'll throw the Golden Gate in free or something like that. You know, it's uh, like, yeah. If, if you'll buy that one from me, then I'll sell you the Golden Gate Bridge or sell you the Town Hall or... Essentially, it's something so absurd that if you believe me, you're kind of crazy. Well, I would buy that for a dollar. So there you go. Uh, We're going to talk a whole bunch about Fire Emblem Heroes today because there's lots to do and lots to say. So let's hop right to it. First of all, game stories. Let's look at the banner updates. There are currently four banners. Uh, Sorry. uh, Yeah, that is four. Four? Yeah, four banners running. Uh, Tempest Trial still going strong, so you can summon those. We, We talked about those last week. We also have the... Uh, Krom and Lissa Bound Hero Battle Banner. So that's, uh, you know, Eddie's huge fan, huge fan. And then the weapons... It ends tr- the night at 3 a.m. or tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. Oh, well, you, I better get this posted. Uh, weapons to Refine Banner as well, which you actually pulled from. Yep. Um, it had the three characters, as we expected, that were updated in the most recent update. Uh, Leo, Erica, and Soren as the focus, and since I was still missing Leo from my hero catalog, I went ahead and pulled a bit from it and did manage to get Leo. Cool. That's really good. And you were aiming for Leo just because you hadn't, you didn't have him in your collection? Yep. I was fully expecting to get uh, Pity Broken by Erica or a random character, but managed to get Leo. Man, I don't know what I was fishing for. But I have a ton of Erica's. Must have been a, a red summon way back. I can't remember now. But uh, well, Erica comes out as four stars, so yeah. you know, it's not surprising that you might have a ton of her. I do have a so. lot of four star Erica's. Well, that's good. And I wanted to know, you know, I'm the one that made the joke about having bunny ears on, but you're the one that took took this to the next level. So let's talk about the hairs of the fair banner. Well, yes, uh, the Hairs at the Fair, the new spring banner, as we expected, it was spring, bunny, new bunnies. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we have to go a little bit serious here now. Oh, we're, we're a podcast that's not afraid to ask the hard questions. Like, if you have a character attack, attack another version of themselves, is that considered self-harm? Hmm. But, no, it's considered uh, Highlander rules. There can only be one. Eddie. Okay. Ah, that makes sense. Well... In this banner, if you look through the images for Alphonse, you'll find that Alphonse is a very, very cruel man. While Sharina and and Katria are going around using raven eggs to cast magic through, Mm -hmm. Alphonse, putting an egg in a spoon and using it as an axe, you realize he has at least four, if not more, rat bunnies inside that egg while he's swinging it around as an axe oh so animal, animal cruelty, cruelty as well yeah yep so how do they get the bunnies in the egg 
I have no clue on that one. Mm. But if you look at his when his special activates, the image has a bunch of bunnies in there, right? Jumping out, and some of them look happy to be maybe be escaping. One of them looks kind of upset. He looks happy to be escaping. Oh, that's good. Well, he may be happy to be there, but he, you know, he's escaping at the time. So, well, you know, it's it, it, something we learned today is that maybe alternate universe Alphonse, who uh, may or may not be wearing a delightful bunny outfit, is maybe not the nicest person out there. But I, I believe that our Alphonse that exists in our world is at least understanding and a good person. So. How how did you do pulling? Because I I as always my stories are are, are going to be short. I will pro- I will tease that my story is not going to be a four week, you know, uh, boohoo story. So <laughs> I will I will preface that. But I want to hear how you did because you've you always uh, you always like to go go dive in full on these. Uh yeah. I, like like I said, I've got a bit of a Pokemon uh, habit to me that I like to collect them all and. With these special banners, since you know they're limited time, unless you wait for the um, them to reappear in legendary banners, mm-hmm. uh, they're you know kind of uh, rarer, harder to get. You know, and legendary banners are you know kind of a crapshoot. They're they're better chance than normal banners because there's no pity breakers, but you can get pity broken by the wrong character from the focus. Pretty um, often, yeah. Yeah, so I did pull pretty heavily from it. Um, had a bit of an initial drought. Uh, then I got a Kagero, a Bunny Kagero. Got got the good old Ninjabit. Nice job. And the very next uh, pull group, I managed to get a Catria as my first pull there, which was nice. That's really good. Um, yep, I kept going. I did end up spending a bit of money. Uh, got... Alphonse, and after a few more Alphonse, I did finally get Sharina. So I managed to get all four, which will help me not have to spend any more money until hopefully May. Right, because we're going to talk about, uh, I can't remember if we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but obviously we know the banner for April being uh, Tharchia focused and both of us having yep. not been super into that game or at all playing it but you know you have the legendary banner at the end of the month and then you have the the next legendary banner at the end of april so there might be something there but you you usually don't find you spend a lot of orbs or a lot of money on orbs for legendary banners because do you do you find your legendary hero is popping pretty quick um in the past there's when there's been a character that i've been wanting from the uh that's not the legendary hero. I might have spent some orbs. I'm trying to avoid that. Um, hopefully, there's nothing that I really need from this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I generally try not to spend too much, and especially since the legendary hero should be back the following month. As of right now, the only heroes that are rotating in and out are Fjorm and Ephraim as of last month. True. Which... It, which we'll cover a bit when we discuss the legendary banner in speculation area. Yeah, so you uh, got you got all of them, and yep. you're you're and, you're kind of sitting pretty in terms of orb saving mode. Yeah, uh, well, saving yes for the next month. I'll do a normal pull on the Thracia banner when it comes out. Um, I'll try and pull some on the 
legendary banner. Uh, hopefully I'll have enough orbs that I don't need to spend any. And I may just not worry about it unless they tell me that the this new hero is not going to be back until uh, June. Yeah. Well, or would it be May? Either um, way. It, it might, yeah, May, June, late May, early June. Yeah, so, this is the March one, so. Yeah, May. it's hard to tell because, like, when it's the when you talk about the legendary banner, yeah, it's technically the March legendary banner, but could also be considered. It's like when people talk about fiscal years. It's like, oh, it's the 2018, 2019 fiscal year. It's like, this is the March, April legendary banner. Uh, it gets even more confusing when it's the December, January, and it spans a year. But I that it's good to know. It's good to hear that you got your four characters and you've got your collections still up to date. That's got to be nerve wracking when you get into one of these special holiday banners and, and you hear me constantly complain about it taking weeks to get just one hero. And it's this, and I got to say this time with the hairs at the fair banner, which I still can't say without smirking, I was surprised to pull uh, Kagero pretty much on my fourth or fifth run go at it and only used about 40 orbs. And I had saved just over a hundred. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I find with orbs, I either have none or an abundance, and they kind of come out of nowhere, you know, and I'm not complaining because I was happy to see that I have about 100 orbs, and they just, yeah, I don't know how I got them all, but they just sort of appeared. I didn't pull very much on the the Morgan banner that happened last time, the Morgan's banner, I should say, but I did get... Uh, I did get Kagero, Spring Kagero, and I've started putting her through the Tempest Trials to, to, to level her up. And I don't know if I'm going to go further on this the hairs at the Fair Banner until the Legendary Banner at least gets announced. Um, yeah, see who the hero is and all that. Makes sense. And, you know, since you spend money far less than I do, um, essentially not at all compared to me. Uh, yeah. It makes sense to save your orbs for the legendary banner than over me. Um, yeah, because I like I said, I'm hoping that the legendary banner will be either lucky enough, or I will be willing to not worry that much that I don't have to spend orbs. Yeah, I'm gonna try really hard not to spend orbs because I really need money right now. So yeah, no, I and I totally understand that, and I think for me my biggest uh tool in self-restraint is usually the fact that i i haven't purchased orbs yet I, and i i think you know i think that i've been listening to uh you know the phaeologist podcast and they were you know phil was sort of thinking that maybe you know he agrees with us the colorless dragon is coming you know end of this month and but he thinks that due to the wind element we might get a legendary lin next month in which case, if there was ever a hint of that, I would be saving every single orb to make sure I get that legendary uh, hero Lin. So right now, I'm I'm just I, I think I want more of the spring characters because I do like the I do like the Easter you know appeal of the spring characters. I'm Sp speaking of, we haven't actually listed what the spring characters are. We have oh yeah yeah, go ahead and, and and fill us in. Yep, we have uh, Cavalry Catria, which is a blue mage. Mm -hmm. uh, Catria, she comes from uh, the Marth trilogy. Uh, well, technically, it's duology for, that have Marth in them. But uh, she actually shows up in 
Uh, all three of the first games, Echoes, Shadow Dragon, and Mystery of the Emblem. Mm. Um, then we have uh, the Flying Ninjabit, Kigero, who's still a dagger unit, um, uh, who's from Fates, uh, primarily Birthright. Uh, of course, she does show up in the other versions, either as an enemy or in the third version, you can recruit everyone pretty much. And then we have our first Askren heroes, uh, Askren version, new versions of Askren heroes of uh, Sharina and an Alphonse. Mm -hmm. uh, Sharina is a green mage, and as I mentioned, Alphonse is an axe unit with who's using rabbits as an axe. <laughs> He's, you know what? I wonder how often he has to replace those rabbits. Sorry, Peta. Please don't save your email. Save your email. Uh, um. By the way, I mentioned that Katri uh, and Shireen are using raven eggs. Do you know why I said that? No, I don't know. I, I yeah. Why? Why is that? What? Well, Katri's um, egg is Hugin's egg, and Shireen's egg is Munin's egg, and those are actually from Norse mythology. Uh, two ravens of Odin that he sends out to report on what's going on on Earth on Midgard. Wow. Did you like so, uh, dive deep on this, or or did you just know that? Because either way, I'm I impressed. was I was scrolling through the um, uh, Reddit uh, shortly after the banner started, and I noticed someone mentioning uh, mentioned something about the eggs, and I looked in looked at it, and it showed a picture of Odin, and so I did uh, look it up and verify uh, that yeah, those are the ravens of Odin. Hmm. That's really neat. Well, that's a really cool piece of tidbit. And and like you said, the, you know, Ninjabit Kagero, you've been posting it in the Discord a little bit, but she has a her she yells Ninjabit attack or something like that, I think. When she Yes, you never know when the Ninjabit attack might attack. Exactly. It's true. You just you just got to be careful. So, what did you what did you think about the story, the the extra chapter they added? It was cute. Um, it was kind of funny to see the uh, Sharinas and the Alphonses getting along so well because you know they are pretty much each other. <laughs> so, yeah, I I thought you know like you said it's 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 the Spring Banner paralog. It's yeah, it's gonna be silly. It's gonna be very quirky. I I know a couple people in the Reddit were were picking up on the fact that the Spring Banner last year's paralog. Uh, Camilla says to Sharina, hey, you should dress up. And then Sharina is now present in the Spring Banner dressed up. Yep. So I thought that was really fun. Well, I and... think Camilla offered to dress Sharina up. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe Camilla and, and you know, we, we have some uh, some theories that I know you've been popping around. But I think that it'd be really – it's really interesting that they they kind of have bridged that gap and had noticed that they could they could do that. And, and have some fun with it but also just the way like you said the way Alphonse and Sharina have interacted with their dual selves is really just really cute and they take advantage of that situation to kind of like present that fun and quirky story outside of the the very serious stuff like you know there's a lot of serious stuff happening in the main chapters and they don't even try to explain why they're taking a break all of a sudden for the spring festival and fighting these these heroes well, we also outfits. partially don't know what the timeline is sure for all this stuff i mean if if you see i mean it seems a little odd that we're actually taking a month to uh walk the distance we walked or whatever you know 
considering how allegedly it's happening right after the previous one, you know, in the True. discussion, they're like, we just, we managed to escape them. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Well, stuff I, in the I think that, story. yeah, Sorry. no, it's fine. I, I, I think you're right. Like there could be, they could be using this paralogue to kind of explain the, the, the time jump needed. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's just it. These are they're not game breakers. They're interesting uh, from a from a cute level, and they usually get the subreddit a little fired up. I, I it's a I gotta say it's a little more not safe for work to be browsing the subreddit. <laughs> uh, what with uh, Kagero being uh, featured in the banner, so I'll, I'll uh, leave yeah, it. Yeah, well, Kagero has her uh, hidden skill backache, as they've mentioned in the subreddit. Uh, but yeah. when it first came out, there was a lot of discussion more about Alphonse in certain parts of his outfit. Yeah, it's a little tight, just uh, around the crotchal yeah. region. So, but I, I was also saying about the ban- uh, the paralog is that it just might not be in the same time frame as when the rest of the main story is happening. Not that it explains the gap. It just oh, like, I see. The main story is happening back in December, whereas this is. Now in, you know, March, April, after all the stuff that ends up happening in the main story. And... True. That's a good point. A, a really good point. And, you know, speaking of additional sort of story being sprinkled in, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about the Tempest Trials. We talked about it last week. Invisible Ties is still running and will be over before our next recording. So let's do a midpoint check-in. I'm about around 50K. I, I know I wrote here 40K, but I think... The reason I've been really getting into it this time is, as mentioned last week, the 40% Jerome bonus has been been just really helpful, and I've been checking in every day and at least doing the two match minimum to kind of get that bon that extra bonus, uh, and leveling, trying to get some some hero teams like a couple. I have a lot of you know golden characters at like the you know 39, 35, 30 level. I'm just trying to get those guys up so they all kind of percolate to the top, uh, you know, rise to the top and, and to my f- other level 40s. But how have you been doing in Tempest Trials? Um, yep, I'm at about 80k. I've been leveling groups. Uh, that's probably why I'm a little lower because I haven't been doing as many uh, bunch of high level ones. And I've been doing a couple of um, teams with no bonus heroes. Oh, um, I, I actually just edited my secondary team so that I have Jerome in there since he's finally level 40. So once my first team gets knocked out, uh, the leveling team gets knocked out, I'll get the bonus type thing. Um, But I leveled Olivia, female Morgan, and Jerome with uh, the new Lissa I picked up and Mm -hmm. unlocked. Uh, Then I leveled a silver team with the Leon I got uh, pity broken on. I actually didn't fully level it. I got him Leon to 40, and the other three, four, uh, the three four-star characters were at like 35 to 37, and I just went ahead and used uh, gems to get them to 40, so when I eventually unlocked them. And right now I'm working on uh, the Leo I got, as well as the first three bunnies, uh, Kagero, Katria, and Alphonse. Hmm. Um, and they're in their... Uh, mid or upper 20s low 30s so what are you saving your sharina for just a rainy day kind of thing uh it was kind of a balance thing Mm -hmm. um i try to have one red one blue one green 
Uh, then the last one, if, depending on what else I have, and since we had the colorless Kagero, I put her in there. Uh, since I had her first, and when I first started building the team, I didn't yet have Sharina. Okay. Um, oh, that, that makes sense. And uh, I actually uh, got pity broken while going after Sharina with a uh, five-star Soleil and a five-star Reinhardt. Uh, <laughs> so I have them on a team with uh, Sharina, and I'm not sure who I'm going to put in the last one. Last slot, I'm trying to figure that one out, whether a four-star or maybe unlock someone to send with them. But I've been focusing on doing one team at a time as opposed to trying to juggle teams because when I was juggling teams, I would often have multiple teams fall behind. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I've I've certainly neglected a few teams in my in my Tempest trial days and, and I'm trying to make sure that I don't leave a team that I, with, with characters that I particularly uh, am fond of and just leaving them in the dust and realizing, oh yeah, I never did get that, uh, you know, those Echoes heroes like Bowie and May up to level 40 and, and really strong because I know they're strong heroes. So I'm going to continue through and obviously we'll conclude our Tempest Trial adventures next week. Hopefully everybody is going to be hitting that 99k and getting all the rewards available to them so let's jump into continuing events and then we've got some real treats coming up after that rival domains week three is here until march 31st you've got weapon refinery quests that are still going they will finally conclude uh next week on the 28th Tempest Trials goes to the 28th as well, as we mentioned. The Spring Paralogue will be sticking around till April 22nd. Weapon Workout Quests end on April 2nd. And the Illusionary Dungeon, which we never talked about because it's the same dang thing, right, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much what I expected. Same thing as last time. It's a fun little side thing. I do enough to get my... um Your dailies, right? Daily quests for, from it and unlock the new section and then... Ignore it until the next day. Well, that's going on until April 5th. As for your arena bonus heroes, same as last week. You've got your exalted uh, King Exalt type heroes. Morgan and Morgan, Krom, Knight Exalt, Ephraim, Legendary Hero, or Legendary Lord. Arvis, Xander, Paragon Knight, Hanoka, Kagero, Deirdre, and Anna Commander. I'm sure in the next couple days when that refreshes, you'll get your bunnies in there. So let's hop on it. And finally... Yeah, uh about well, that one to quickly go over um it kind of le fits in speculation a bit but like the data miners did verify it's the bunnies and they thought that they seem to think that uh the data indicates a legendary robin um i find it doubtful because the new banner will come out before the legendary banner so i don't think uh there will be a legendary robin but that is a possibility in there but they did verify it is definitely the bunnies. Oh, uh, oh, wait, sorry. Are you talking about, so you kind of jumped ahead there. So legendary Robin. Oh, okay. No, never mind. That's a tease for uh, speculation corner. I just like, why have I read this before? And I was reading it in the notes. No, that's a good point. There are usually when the arena bonus comes through, the Dana mine can sometimes hint at things, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. And finally, Rival Domains bonus. You can get all your kills and thrills with Calvary Heroes this week, so make sure you take your, your Calvary bunnies in and have a good time. Now, Eddie, 
Now's time for the meat and potatoes of the show. We've got a topic this week, and you have delivered this week. We've got the Fay Basics. This is going to be new. We're going to be talking about the basics and kind of bringing everybody up to speed, including ourselves, me. I learn something new every week, and uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about stats, sort of the base key information for this game, which is stats. So, Eddie, why don't you take it away? Okay. Yeah. Um, in Fey, uh, characters have five basic stats. Uh, traditional Fire Emblems uh, games have a couple extras uh, like uh, luck and skill, um, but uh, in uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, they remove the mischance. Uh, in normal Fire Emblem games, there's a chance you might miss a character. Yeah, always um, fun, right? Oh, yeah, especially when that ends up killing the character you're attacking with. But I've definitely um, had that, and it's super frustrating, yeah. guys. Especially when you have a 99% chance to hit, you miss and get killed by their uh, 10% or 5% chance to hit you. Oh my god, you're That's giving me flashbacks. So Let's stop. Let's stop right there. Let's move forward. <laughs> uh, the five basic stats are hit points or health points, mm -hmm. HP, as it's normally referred to. Uh, the attack stat, eight, it's abbreviated ATK in the game. The speed stat, which is SPD in the game. Uh, defense and resistance, and those are DEF and RES in the game. Yeah. Defense, hoo-ha. Yep, uh, they start at one level in... Uh, then as you gain XP and level them up uh, from 1 to 40, uh, you actually get 40 levels instead of the 20 you normally get in Fire Emblem uh, because in uh, Heroes, you don't uh, evolve or uh, get an advanced class for the character. They are what class they are from the start to the finish. Uh, and unlike the um, Fire Emblem games as well, where you have a uh, chance of every level of each stat improving. It's not a guaranteed level up, uh, up to a certain max, depending on your class. Um, no matter uh, what, all the levels are the same at level 40 for the uh, character. They're fluctuated depending on what are called individual values, uh, which we'll cover in a minute or two. Yeah, so... I just want to jump in real quick. So when we when we talk about the level forty characters having you know the same stats outside of what we're going to talk about next with the IVs, uh, if you go to Game Press, which is a website we both use to sort of track our heroes and look at their stats, that's how they're able to kind of tier list people, including you know their skills and stuff, but also gives you an idea of where your character is going to be at max level. Uh, level 40 and and that's i think le levels the playing field for everybody so uh yeah yeah that's part of why they do it like that is that you know um a person who can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on every banner doesn't have a giant advantage because they got a character who managed while leveling up to get an extra boost in attack randomly Exactly. So. Now, now, is someone who, and we'll talk about this in, in a future podcast with the whales versus free to play, there are people out there who can spend or will spend that kind of money to at least get a level 40 plus 10 hero. And you can imagine how expensive that would be if, say, you were trying to get a Spring Kagero uh, level 40 plus 10. But that's something we'll talk about 
in the future. So when we talk about I, you know, IVs, individual values, again, learning something new, did not know it stood for individual values. So that's good. And as we said, they, we, to make every character not exactly the same, we have our IVs. And with that comes our boon, neutral, and bane system. So let's talk a bit about that, Eddie, uh, before we move okay, forward. Uh, before we get too far into that, I do want to quickly note that um, hmm. when you first start the game, there is an option within uh, one of the menus to upgrade your castle. Uh, I would recommend trying to do that as soon as you can because it essentially doubles the amount of XP your characters gain which will help you get it getting them to level 40 quicker yeah and it's good you mentioned that because again we've been playing this game for over a year and i think for over a year my castle has been fully upgraded so it's it's something that new players might forget to do but it's something that we did in the first week as we got a bunch of orbs they, they were throwing orbs at us early on in, in, the, in this game so if you look at it now they still kind of throw orbs at us just they slightly do. different amounts and but yeah mm-hmm. um yes um and i could be wrong about ivs but i've always heard them called individual values and in pokemon and stuff uh so i figured it was the same thing that's usually what it means like each individual character has these values for that stat it um, makes sense to me you know because it might as well be and honestly if, if it's not people will will let us know but it, that's not the, the individual values aren't the most important and again like we wanted to cover this because last week when we talked about our summoners focus for the first time with lynn it was we were it's important to understand the 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 way stats are broken down to in order to understand a specific hero and what makes that hero strong or weak in certain areas so when it comes to the boon and banes that's something that can be attributed to min-maxing as you're trying to get your preferred hero with a preferred boon. And a boon is a positive trait, a bane is a negative trait, just in case you thought we were talking about um, bane from Batman and I I can't think of a a boon. What's a boon? Yeah, I was wondering where you would go with that. A boondock saint. There, I did it. There you go. Full circle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a boon is an IV that is higher than normal. Bane is one that is lower than normal. Um, as far as I understand it, a character cannot have uh, more than one boon or bane, and if they have a boon, they will have a bane. So essentially, uh, when you roll for a character in Fire Emblem Heroes, and this is uh, primarily if you're rolling in the summoning, uh, summon, summoning, it'll either be a true neutral, where all the stats are base, uh, they don't... It, or you will have one boon and one bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, characters that they give for free or you get through quests are generally true neutral. Okay. Uh, as far as I can tell, they are always true neutral. And that's good to understand because when, because, you know, honestly, Fire Emblem Heroes gives away a lot of heroes. And I know, for example, when the legendary, the first legendary banner hit, and Fiorm was being offered for free. Personally, I was like, great, I have a, a Fiorm. I don't need to pull from this banner. But then you had reminded me that, Ryan, that's a true neutral, and some folks might want a boon uh, Fiorm. So that that was that is a very good point that a lot of people might not notice. And if you're min-maxing, it's important to remember uh, that free heroes are true neutral. Good point. Yep, when you look up stuff on like the game press, it'll tell you preferred IVs. It'll tell you which ones you would 
prefer to have a boon of, which one you are okay having a bane of. Uh, most boons and banes will give a plus three or a negative three if it's a bane to a stat. Uh, but some characters at level, this is at level 40, of course. Um, some characters have what are called super boons or super banes, and they'll mm. actually give a plus four or a minus four. Uh, so there are some characters who, if they have a super boon, instead of getting, you know, going from 46 to 49 attack at level 40, they'll go from 46 to 50. Yeah. So it, it and you know when we talk about uh game press and the preferred IVs uh you you'll notice when we talk when we do summoners focus you'll notice that there there when we talk about the preferred IV game press is really good to break down why you want it and even there is like there might be two preferred boons but there might be one that's just slightly gives you more of an edge for kind of the tier uh builds that they give out on game press so if you have a favorite character that you're looking to min max or you just have a favorite character you use all the time you might as well put a little extra effort into that character look him or her up on game press and determine don't worry necessarily about the bane and boons like i know unless you have like a truly you know bane character i don't think that matters like we've said unless you're like really into the arena if you're just looking to give that character a little bit more of an edge it helps to kind of feed it, um, you know, other other characters for skill inherit and stuff. And those are things we'll talk about in the future. I'm getting way off track. So let's talk about what these stats do, how they help a character, because I think that's kind of where we bring this topic full circle, right? So uh, you 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 understand this way more than I do. So I will let you go, and I will comment. I will color commentate. How's that sound? Okay. Uh, well, um, HP or health points is mm -hmm. essentially the amount of damage a unit can take before being killed or knocked out or however they want to label it in the game. Um, so, you know, once you're, it's hit, hit zero, obviously you're defeated. Um, now, as to how that damage comes in, that would be the attack stat. That tells you the potential damage uh, that you can do. Uh, your weapon, various skills, and things such as the weapon triangle... Uh, all affect that. Um, the weapon triangle passively gives everyone a plus 20 when they have advantage, minus 20 when they don't. Um, and if when fighting colorless, there's no advantage or disadvantage unless your weapon gives it. Um, and that's where the other advantage comes in. Like, um, Falchians have advantage over dragons. Bows have advantage over flyers. Um, so they can give advantages over certain uh, classes or... Um, you know, weapon classes or movement types. Um, so that that all takes into calculating how much damage you can potentially do to an enemy. Um, another thing that also can affect how much damage you can do is your speed. Because mm -hmm. uh, with enough speed, you can do what's called doubling, which means you'll get two attacks to their one. Um, and... When attacking with a Brave Axe, you actually get four attacks to their one. Because uh, the Brave Axe automatically allows the character to double. Uh, but it counts the double of the Brave Axe as a single attack. It's slightly complicated. We'll cover that when we go into more details on weapons eventually. For sure. Yeah, but the, the doubling up is helpful. And you'll notice a lot when you're... And, and this these series of topics are really just, personally, I think to help you navigate 
the the game press website and the other websites outside of fire emblem heroes because a lot of them are going to assume you kind of know your way around this type of stuff and you'll notice that speed comes into play specifically with a lot of assassiny type characters for example if you if you got spring kagero like myself and eddie you'll notice that on her game press uh page it recommends speed as a preferred boon and just give her as much speed as possible to ensure that she is getting two attacks all the time. Yeah, and with my luck, I think I got a speed bane on her, which was, oh, yay. But I don't pull for stat boost or IVs, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, the general rule is if a unit has five or more speed than their opponent, the faster of the units doubles the slower unit. So mm-hmm. if you attack someone and they have more than five speed above you, they're going to W when they retaliate if you don't kill them in your first attack. Uh, if you attack them and you have more than five speed than them, or they attack you and you have more than five speed, you will your character will double them. Um, defense and resistance both do the same thing. They essentially mitigate the incoming damage. Mm-hmm. Uh but which uh, which of the stats is used depends on the weapon the enemy has. Uh, tomes, uh, staves, and dragonstones all attack uh, the resistance. They use magical attacks, and uh, swords, axes, lances, uh, bows, and daggers all attack our physical attacks that attack defense. Uh, so. You know, the physical attacks are mitigated by defense, and the magical attacks are mitigated by resistance. So essentially, the amount of damage your character takes is uh, your opponent's attack, or amount of damage you do, is the attack minus the defense or res, depending on the weapon. So, you know, like, if you're ha- building a character you want to use to fight mages, like the um, Halloween Sakura, which had a special dagger to help her fight against mages... Uh, she usually had a high resistance so that the mages couldn't do much damage to her. True. And going back to the frightening um, meme that's been haunting at least our Discord, if not the whole of Reddit, (laughs) I saw a a video, uh, probably opera, but someone posted. It was definitely opera. uh, About a Riss who they had buffed so heavily in attack that or in resistance that pretty much any um any mage could not damage him he had like 60 resistance that is truly a hell in which i don't want to live in eddie well yeah but i mean his actual defense you just send in a a sword user he probably goes down in one hit but yeah well I, I think the day we get any sort of special risk character, whether it's legendary, I, I feel like the, the perfect time to take advantage of that would be April Fool's. And I know last year there wasn't anything April Fool's related for this game, but I would love to see, you know, a poke and a prod at the risk lovers. So yeah, I'm not sure they can do much with April Fool's in this game because people might take it too seriously with the bunny characters we get and some of the Halloween and summer characters we get that you're right. Yeah. So they cannot do, do that unless they, and I think risk is their only option. So maybe they want to save it for when it, when they really need to break that ice. So, uh, all right, really good stuff. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that deeper look at stats 
and we'll be moving forward with this topic series probably next week unless a lot of news drops but you know we have a preferred path but if there's something you really want to hear about next certainly let us know Faye at gamersandpodcast.com or join our discord bit.ly slash tgi discord and uh you can join in on the fun conversations and yeah but coming up there are a lot of events starting in Fire Emblem Heroes. Starting by March 31st, you have a Bound Hero Battle Revival, Ninian and Hawkeye. That's starting on the 25th. There's Earth Blessing Quests starting on the 27th. Heroes with Miracle Banner, March 28th. Do we know what that is, Eddie? Uh, Miracle is one of the uh, special skills. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the things that count down on a hero. We'll cover them in more detail in the skills. So... These are going to be a handful of heroes that have that skill already on them. Interesting. Uh, so you can use them for skill inheritance and stuff. Okay. Um, and then you have a legendary hero banner, as always, starting at the end of the month, March 29th. Then the voting gauntlet login bonus and probably banners starting on the 31st of March. And you have a little extra here on the voting gauntlet. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, I was looking and thinking about it, and we just got four new bunny heroes. So I'm thinking with the voting gauntlet starting early April, right around uh, Easter itself, um, that this voting gauntlet will be uh, essentially all-out bunny war with the previous year's bunnies versus this year's bunnies. And the banner for the gauntlet will be last year's bunny banner or spring banner. That that would fall in line with my theory, uh, or at least my question on what they would do with these overlapping events, because this is the first one. And if this, Voting Gauntlet sets the precedent, that would be really cool. That would be cool, and I don't know how they do future ones, but you know, we'd have we'd see. I mean, they also have the legendary banners, which are more or less giving the uh, retread of the heroes eventually. So they don't have to do it, but they might do it. It's a easy way to bring back the old banner for people at the appropriate time i yeah just just the logic of how voting gauntlets have always worked it it uh you need you need a you need a versus right so clearly you have your your spring team and you could put them against the other four from before so uh yeah certainly plausible so we just dipped our toes in but let's dive right into speculation corner finally we are going to let Eddie off the leash, and we're going to talk about Colorless Dragons. Could that be the new legendary hero? Let's discuss it, because I know we've been teasing it for the last couple of weeks. Eddie, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, I'm 95% certain the uh, new legendary hero will be colorless. Since they mentioned that there would be a colorless dragon coming, Corrin uh, from Fates seems to be the best fit because um, you turn into that weird, you know, kind of white and black dragon during that game. Yeah, um, she, she's, she or he is a different, uh, as, you, as you corrected me before, she, uh, it's a different dragon. One we're not used, we, we haven't really seen in the Fire Emblem franchise before Fates, because they all kind of looked the same before that. Not exactly, because, I mean, not always, because if you look at Faye, uh, the chicken dragon, as she is often nicknamed. Mm-hmm. She's a little weird as well, so they don't always keep the same dragon design unless it's allegedly the same dragon, like Tiki, That's uh, when point. they actually show a dragon form. So it makes sense that it would be a different one than others, but I was just thinking with the white coloring and the kind of lack of any kind of uh, 
or with it not really having, I don't think, and sorry, I'll figure out how to word things. Um, essentially, I don't recall there being any advantage or disadvantage to the Dragonstone attacks in Fates. I could be misremembering. Yeah, but uh, um, either way, we're pretty convinced it's a colorless dragon due to the evidence of the hint in the patch notes. The fact that we haven't had a colorless before, the fact that they've cleared the way and have pretty much through process of elimination concluded that each color will be present minus colorless. So this this is the first opportunity for there to be all the colors present except for colorless. So it's looking pretty darn solid, right? Well, yeah, and having just all the colors being present eventually made sense. And just the fact that um, when Ephraim came out being a lance wielder, uh, they pulled out Fjorm from the thing, so they only seem to be keeping one legendary hero of each color in the banner at a time. Um, I think the Corrin will probably be female because it seems that um, if you like, if you look at warriors, the Corrin uh, you get in there is female initially, uh, just like Robin is male initially, and then you later unlock the other gender through one of the story maps. So it kind of seems that. Robin is canon as male and Corrin is canon as female. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my big question is what are its attacks abilities going to be? Is it going to be a healer or a ranged or just a normal dragon just with no advantage or disadvantage? It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know. It, it'll be, it will be really cool to see that they've finally addressed this concern. And are there any, are there any other, you know, theories as to what, what this colorless could be. I know we got something from the Discord here. Uh, yeah, um, we had a new uh, person joining towards Sky Magadia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, who agrees that it'll probably be a colorless dragon, but they, uh, they suggested that it might be Naga instead of Corrin. Um, Naga is one of the, I think, if I remember correctly, one of the legendary. Um, and I. Uh, like Tiki in Awakening is Naga's voice. But I don't know if they've ever actually had a specific character that was the embodiment of Naga. Oh, so okay. I'm not sure how likely that is, but it's entirely possible. It's a legendary hero, right? They've yep. certainly surprised us before. So that we'll know for sure before, uh, or bef before our next recording. So we will certainly be talking about it next week with 100% fact. So... That's going to do it for Speculation Corner. Now moving onwards to Summoner's Focus. This time looking at a hero that is Eddie's favorite. We're talking about Lissa, the sprightly cleric. Uh, and I won't I won't uh, take this away from you, so I want you to kind of kick this off because this is your character. Uh, yeah, Lissa is a fairly common uh, Fire Emblem trope in that they usually have the essentially young-looking healer character. Uh, that is usually the Sister of the Lord character. Uh, it's such a common trope that they had Battle of the Clerics, where I think all but one character were siblings of another character in the game, were little sisters of the character. Like, um, I think uh, Priscilla was like Klein's sister, or maybe Priscilla was the one that had no sibling in the thing. Um, no, I think Priscilla was the one that had no sibling, and there was another one that was... Klein's sister, not the main lord of the game's sister, but still, it's a fairly common thing. Like, Fates has both uh, Lise and Sakura, 
which are little sisters Mm -hmm. in there. Lise being just incredibly close to Lissa, oftentimes I would get them confused, especially in Warriors, when they're on screen at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. Well, if Elise and Lissa were on the screen at the same time, they're both in, one's on a horse and one's not, but... True, true, that is very true, and one's an axe user and one's a, one's a tome user. So, yep. very common trope. Uh, do we want to... So, are we doing... So let's talk a bit about, before we go further with Lissa, let's talk a bit about our personal experience because I had mentioned that it's one of your favorite characters. So I'll do I'll do mine because it's going to be quick. It's basically, don't have much experience with uh, Lissa in Fire Emblem Heroes. I tend to leave the healers kind of be, and I guess I suppose the only exception would be Bridal Lynn for obvious reasons, but uh, I'm just biased in that case. But for you, I think this is the opposite scenario that we talked about last week. So... Uh, yeah, Lissa was actually the first character I used Unlock Potential on. Um, I actually think you used it from one of the daily map special maps uh, that have been there since the beginning and are still there. Uh, you get a version of Lissa in one of those daily maps. That uh, I think it's like 13 maps that rotate. Um, so I used Unlock Potential and got her to four star. She would, you know, 40, level 45 star. Uh, but as they last week, I've started a, doing a plus 10 Lissa project uh, where I'll not only be unlocking a bunch of Lissas to uh, feed to my main Lissa, or I mean merge with my main Lissa, um, I actually went through the optimal build on GamePress, and I have uh, gotten all but two skill slots filled for her with their optimal thing. Uh, one of them, I'm going to keep her initial renewal uh, skill until I get um, uh, either a spare bridal Lynn or a spare Jenny uh, to feed her. What? Uh, for the... How yes. dare you? Quite easily, because bridal Lynn is the only one you can dazzling staff on. I know, I'm just joking. They eventually release another uh, healer, because I don't think they've released one since bridal Lynn. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, the healers are an interesting... Maybe mm-hmm. Jenny was after Bridal Lynn, but it's been quite a while since we've had a new healer. Yeah, the healers are. Uh, ooh, what if the what if the colorless is a healer, a dragon healer? No, I'm just kidding. Not to not to oh, go back. I, but... I speculated that. Yeah. You know, will it be a healer or will it be? But yeah. Well, we don't we don't know. We'll find it eventually. But so you so Lissa, you know, is your character even though she is a healer? Do you do you find her using her often? Uh, as a healer, or are you using her for damage? Like, how do you usually throw her into the team? Um, essentially, what I'm building uh, from Game Press is her offensive uh, build attack. Um, of course, she's always a healer, um, but you know, because she has the staff, and if someone needs healing and you can not kill her by healing them, it seems smart thing to do. Uh, but I just need to get a wrathful or a dazzling staff to finish out that and then a C slot skill for her. Um, I haven't used her much recently because um, you know Bridal Lynn was so much power- more powerful and I did not feed Bridal Lynn to her early on. Um, so, But she was my original summer's, summoner support character uh, but I did replace that with the Christmas Lissa when she came out. So I used the Christmas Lissa a lot as my power team in one of my power teams. Right, 
Right. Well, and I actually fed, I actually fed that Lissa pretty early on a Hector. Oh, wow! <laughs> so that Lissa can smack you hard when you're not expecting it from a distance. I was just gonna say you fed a Hector. That's uh, oof. that's that's some that's some investment, folks. Uh, that's some investment. So, in terms of lore, you've got a you've got a a, a block of text here. Um, let's quickly run through it. The I'll I'll kick us off, and then when uh, you feel we need to we need to move on, you let me know. But the youngest child of the ruling family of the Halidom of Elise, she joins her brother Crom, being the primary healer of the shepherds, despite her noble status. Spoiler alert: you don't find that out right away, do you? Uh, she, uh, not to like chapter five, oh, so it's early on. True. But... I need to replay that game. I got a real hankering for some awakenings. Uh, she is the aunt of Lucina and mother of Owain. If she gets married during Awakening, you meet Lissa right at the start of Awakening when after the prologue, the Avatar wakes up with her and Krom looking down at her, an event replayed during Warriors when the characters are introduced there. At Frederick's urging, they are rightfully suspicious of the Avatar, but when a nearby town is attacked and set ablaze by bandits and the Avatar helps save the town, she and Krom come to trust the Avatar and invite them to join the Shepherds. That night, on the way back to Elistol, she witnesses a huge magical uh, gate and invite them to join, or I, I, I skipped it, an opening in the sky and Risen falling out of it. She is saved by a mysterious masked person calling themselves Marth. Ooh. Uh, well, why don't we, like, this This keeps going. Why, why don't we cut it there? Because she, that's, that's her intro, right? Like, that's the basis for her character. Um, yeah. but, but let's talk about the preferred IV cause we are running long here because this is the most important part. What's her preferred individual values for this uh, healer character? Well, there are actually a couple preferred IVs you can do depending on what you want her to, do. um, no matter what they recommend that you have, get a speed bane, uh, because her speed is not very good. And even with a. Uh, super boon in speed it really she will still on a regular basis get doubled by opponents um but the big thing about her is that she's a bulky healer so she's a more bulky healer than most so she can usually take a couple of those hits um the if you're doing a more offensive uh build of her you want to attack boost boon um and if you're doing a more defensive build, uh, you want a defense boon. Hmm. I actually managed to get one of both in the four-star level. I upped the attack boon one to uh, start on that. But um, she can also uh, has almost equal amount of resistance, and a resistance boon can also help with that as well. Uh, essentially, she has 30 resistance uh, at base. And 28 defense at base, or if you have a defense boon, 31 defense. So she's pretty close in both the defenses. So if you want her to, want her to be a mage counter, uh, you would want to go for a resistance boon. Right. And in terms of an optimal build with budget options, you, you said you were going with the optimal build. And we, we, we discussed a little bit about it. So the Dazzling Gravity is the biggest chunk which you have to get from Bridal Lynn, correct? As you stated before. Uh, well, Dazzling Gravity is the refinement, actually. Oh, um, of what? All healers, 
all healers, their refinement is either the Dazzling ability or the Wrathful ability. As of right now, I currently have Wrathful Gravity. Uh, gives her a bit more attack. Um, for some reason, healers are weird in the game in that under normal circumstances, their attacks are not calculated as the same as a normal one. Uh, staff attack does not do um, attack minus resistance. I don't know exactly what they do with it, whether they do like half attack minus resistance or what. Uh, but when you get the um, refinement, uh, you can add what is essentially the Wrathful Staff ability to it, where your attacks are calculated as normal, and that's what I currently have on her. Right. Um, they recommend you getting the Wrathful Staff from Jenny with the budget of the Bowbreaker. Um, but I have... I'm really kind of of the opinion that as long as they get either the Dazzling Staff, which allows you to prevent opponents from counterattacking after your attack is finished. Um, I think it's after the attack is finished. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. After combat, they can no longer counterattack until their next until their next move. Uh, so that's helpful for you know sending in the healer to smack them once, and then everyone even people who are at a triangle disadvantage can attack without fear of reprisal. Yeah. It, it's certainly helpful with the, with the higher level maps that have characters that can really chew you up if, if you're not careful. So uh, recover, recover plus I assume is just what's built in. Uh, no, actually she has rehabilitate okay. built in. Uh, so I did uh, level up and I think unlock a character to get recover plus for her. Uh, they recommend a budget of Martyr Plus. Uh, and I found after I gave her Recover, she was doing a lot more healing than she was as Rehabilitate. Uh, but I'm also wondering if my Rehabilitate was acting weird, because by my calculations of what it said should be the amount of healing the character was getting, uh, it was far lower. She was putting out far lower than she should have. Mm -hmm. um, but Recover, she does like 30 healing in one when she heals. Okay. Um yeah. And yeah. then you have Miracle. Uh, we mentioned Wrathful yep. Staff 3, uh, Attack plus 3 yep. for A, and then an Infantry Pulse 3. That, the Attack plus 3 is pretty self-explanatory, but uh, infantry, infantry Pulse 3, that's something to do with uh, against Infantry, I'm assuming? Special... Oh, uh, yeah. What? Infantry plus... plus yeah, infantry, infantry Pulse, pulse uh, gives a... Special cooldown count for any infantry allies with at least one fewer HP than the unit. Hmm. So essentially, she helps your other teammates if they have lower health um, than her at the time. At least one lower health than her at the start of the turn. Uh, use their special abilities sooner. That's handy. Yep. Yeah, because uh, getting that, that miracle off sooner rather than later is going to be helpful. Yeah, that is where I'm having a bit of a delay getting because that only comes on a five-star Xander, Dorcas, or Marissa. Um, I have a spare Marissa, four-star. I may end up leveling her up and feeding her, but she is a uh, Tempest Trial unit, so um, I won't be able to get very many of her. So or if at all, I want to give any kind of merges, well, as of yet... They have not released many, or they they have limited 
duplicates. Just, uh, I think it's just been Mast Marth that has kind of come back from the Tempest Trials, right? Uh, yep, Mast Marth is the only Tempest Trial character that has repeated so far. Um, and Black Knight was part of the Summoner Starter Pack. Right. Uh, he was also a Tempest Trial unit. Um, so if they start adding in more Tempest Trial units, I would be happy with that. But cool through that. But yeah, I, I agree. I, the more options to support inter- intelligent systems with with my money, I, I I like those package deals. I'll buy another hero even if it's a duplicate, no problem. Because I think they usually throw a gold version in, right? I think. Uh, yeah, it was a five star uh, Black Knight that they added with that. And yeah. when they were first talking about the Summoner Support Pack or Summoner Starter Pack or whatever they were calling it, um, I was hesitant on them putting a hero in it because at the time I could not think of how they could add a hero in it without uh, causing an uproar like uh, Aira did when she appeared out of nowhere as a um, her- a single hero on a banner with other heroes of the same color on that voting or tempest trial banner mm-hmm. you know um Roger called a smaller uproar when they did the same thing with her on the voting gauntlet banner uh but she was the only green hero and they actually told us beforehand era was like out of nowhere yeah we that saw was a her surprise. in the data mining and then out of nowhere that she was actually banner not tempest trials character yes and and speaking of era that's going to be our summoner focus for next week uh, pending any sort of, you know, das- disastrous news dropping, I think that uh, we'll we'll certainly be talking about Era Astra's Astra's wielder next week for Summoner's Focus. Go- going into our first uh, Japanese only game, uh, mm-hmm. she's from Genealogy of the Holy War, um, and we announce and uh, pull the Discord on what character from the next. Uh, we announce what game we're going to cover next and pull the discord on what character they would like to see from that uh so if you want to get in on having an opinion on there uh join us in the discord yeah for sure bit.ly slash tgi discord jump in the fireland channel eddie's been very good about uh, reminding folks uh that we're polling for the show and we like to pull as much listener feedback from the discord as we can so get in there discuss things i'm always keeping an eye out for little tidbits to share on the show but before we get to that let's talk about the out let's li- let's visit the outrealm gate for just a moment here to let you all know that fire emblem warriors the final dlc pack that we know of is coming on march 28th and it's going to be focusing on awakening this was announced uh, a couple days ago we've been kind of waiting patiently it it caused a bit of a stir in the event calendar when it kind of popped up then disappeared uh, for fire emblem heroes but it's finally happening and obviously we'll we'll talk more about it once it actually releases and we've had some time to play with it but i did want to give uh, us a chance to just quickly you know go over what's coming and why we're excited so before i throw to you eddie i'll just quickly run down you're gonna get three new heroes as we've discussed tharja owain and uh olivia is olivia is that, is that right yep olivia okay. And you're going to be getting new personal weapons for all of the Awakening characters. And I will throw to you, Eddie, because you're excited about a specific hero getting a, a weapon. Well, it's only the characters who don't already have one. Like Lucina True. already has her parallel falchion and 
uh, Krom already has his version of Falchion. Uh, but yeah, Lissa is finally getting her exclusive weapon. And since I've pretty exclusively been playing Lissa, unless they force me to play someone else in the game, that'll be nice to finally have. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going to get your history uh, maps, as we've discussed before. There's some new blessings, a jump of level cap from 130 to 150. So if you're a big fan of Fire Emblem Warriors, check that out. And it looks like Tharja is a Robin clone, Owain is a Ryoma clone, and they're saying they're saying that at least one character of each pack is like a totally unique moveset, and I guess that leaves Olivia, but um, I, I think Olivia being a dancer, they could easily just clone Azura, but... That's just me. But different weapons, so it would be slightly different abilities. Yeah. Well, uh, look forward to that, and we will... Oh, and obviously you're going to get your uh, weapon break or your armor break for all the Awakening characters, but we've touched on that. But um, we'll we'll, we'll get some time in with it, and we'll check in in the next couple episodes to see what we thought about the new DLC, and hopefully we'll get more DLC because it feels like uh, it's over too soon. Don't you think? Yep. And like in the um, Hyrule Warriors game, they eventually released, I don't know if it was a free one or a DLC, uh, the villains of the game as playable characters. True. And we still have no hint of that. No, not yet. But people are hoping, including Serene's Fortre- or Fortress Forest. So they're hoping for that. I'm, I've been hoping too. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I kind of wouldn't mind seeing some a game like this kind of as it's often used as a bad word but game a game as a service mm-hmm. where they continually and regularly add some more to it i mean they've got plenty of characters to add to it they could add a couple more little stories and stuff oh i, I agree uh, i i think fire emblem warriors would make a, an excellent uh game as a service uh smash brothers is another one that deserves that treatment any game that I could mean, really benefit from just additional content at a at a steady clip would be more than welcome yeah and like the thing for me about fire emblem warriors i mean smash brothers it would not be bad idea to keep adding more characters which i enjoyed they supported it for uh, the previous one for almost a year year and a half with new characters on a regular basis Mm -hmm. um uh, the thing about fire emblem warriors for me is that you level the characters so if they release a Fire Emblem Warriors 2, any characters that now appear in the second one, if not all of them, reappear in the second one, you have to re-level again. I put all this work into this character and now it's all gone because they decided to put a 2 instead of just adding more to the original game. True. That is true. And I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a problem that a lot of games have and... Um sequels not carrying gameplay over is is really tough especially for for fire Emblem warriors where it's a bit of a grind to get your favorite heroes up in level so definitely feel you there and i'm not necessarily asking sequels to carry character progression over because that is complicated and kind of hard to do but you know like i said i just would love for my character to have that you know not have to relevel that same character again Mm -hmm. true um yeah i i completely agree but uh let's check in with the listeners because void chronos on discord gave us a bit of a a history lesson on the gachapon name he says gachapon name comes from the quite popular japanese trick for naming things 
Vocalizing the sounds this thing makes, here's gotcha is the sounds of handle turning after you put a coin in, and pawn is a sound of a reward dropping in the reward window. So obviously making reference to the, um, the machines we discussed, I think, last week or the week before uh, that Japan has. The, the yep. sort of bubble games that you can put a coin in. They have them here as well, and, but it was mostly for little trinkets, not not the variants that they yeah. have in Japan where you can get anything here. from a gachapon machine. Well, I think also the things in Japan, like I mentioned last week, are mostly as uh, popular as a way of skirting gambling laws in that you know you get the trinket and turn it back in for a different amount of money depending on what that place has decided that is worth. Yeah, you know. for sure. But, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I recall seeing something that when I was researching and verifying that the game style is called Gotcha, uh, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure and forgot to double check it, so I didn't really mention it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was when we were talking about what is Fey. Uh, it certainly came up, but certainly uh, look into it. It's a really interesting thing in J- Japanese culture, the Gachapon machines. So, as Eddie said, it's it, has sometimes been used to, to skirt strict gambling laws but uh also in terms of listener feedback stay tuned after, after the outro for a special segment from the phaeologist he's going to be providing some segments for the show that kind of do a, a deeper analytic dive on on characters that that we haven't talked about yet so check that out uh that's going to do it eddie uh, another jam-packed episode how are you feeling about fire emblem heroes fire emblem heroes are you feeling good Yep, enjoying it. Uh, excited for the new legendary hero. Mm-hmm. I think we all are. Interesting to see who's going to be dropped for the next month. Well, you're already thinking ahead. You're already thinking about next next year's Christmas, right? And that's. Uh, I mean, that's good. You're excited. It's important to be excited about a game like this. So uh, visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com/fay. That's F-E-H. Email the show, Thay at GamersInPodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. A very vocal community there. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at Eddie at Dralfear. And don't forget to follow the Gamers In for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning. everyone this is the phaeologist and i want to thank ryan and eddie for featuring this short segment on their show summer's calls inspired me to start a podcast myself so it's an honor to do this i wanted to give you an example of the type of analysis i want to accomplish with the units in this game in light of the recent analysis of lynn and that ryan and eddie did i wanted to briefly focus on another character from blazing blade namely elliewood so to analyze elliewood i'm going to build him using a budget build and that includes Blazing Durandal, Reposition, Escuchion, Deathblow 3, Swordbreaker 3, and Hone Cavalry with an Attack 3, Sacred Seal. His IV spread will be plus attack and minus resistance. And let's merge him up to plus 10 as well to make things interesting. So running this build in a mass dual simulator, he gets 100 wins in the player phase and 98 wins in the enemy phase. Each out of 169 enemies from this list which is a list compiled of common units seen in the 700-710 to uh, arena scoring system, meaning he can win against roughly 60% of those units. Some notable wins are against Fjorm with a Fury build, 
as well as Ira, Mia, and Winter Tharja. However, he does have a hard time with the Black Knight, so watch out for him. To sum up this quick analysis, I think this budget Elliwood has his strengths as a strong sword user, with modest defenses, so that he can specialize in taking out sword units with his sword breaker, and having a little bit of bulk to take a hit from them and surviving to get the next kill. He unfortunately doesn't stand out against his weapon disadvantage, so don't expect any miracles there against blue units. However, I feel like he is a unit that can be built in many different ways, and to be successful. So there's not just one way to build him. And that's the beauty of heroes. You can build units that you love in different shapes and forms, and hopefully get the results that you want. So anyway, Elliewood is a solid choice if you're looking for a versatile, strong sword cavalry unit. That's it for now, and I hope you liked that quick analysis. Come check out my podcast called Phaeology, a study of Fire Emblem Heroes, and you can always reach out to me at phaeology at gmail.com with any feedback or comments. Thanks again, Ryan and Eddie.